With Jay Dubs and Rocky. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Rockin' Royal Oak, Michigan. Be sure to find us at podcastdetroit.com. What time is it? It's Nooner Time. Better bring me a mirror. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. So in the song, uh, Time says, somebody bring me a mirror. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's National Selfie Day oh, today. Geez. I was thinking about you. Oh, yeah? You and your my, selfies. <laughs> my love for them. Yeah, you do. My love-hate relationship with selfies. Yeah, well, do you post them? Because I know you, you're really not a huge social media person. Once in a while, yeah. Oh, you do. So you just take them for yourself then? Because every time I see you, you're taking selfies. Well, no, selfies. that's Snapchat. That's totally oh, different. That's different? It's totally different. Snapchat's like... I love Snapchat. That's, That's not so. Oh, well, I thought I mean, those were selfies. Are, but okay. it's not like I don't like Snapchat. Well, whatever. So it's a holiday and... that I really don't care to uh, celebrate. Celebrate. <laughs> since I don't even know how to do them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I no, still you get don't. Confused. She's like, let's take a selfie. I'm like, you don't turn the, the camera around. <laughs> like, <laughs> camera's upside down. Oh, that's all right. Well, anyway. It is. Well, your holiday today it is, is my the holiday. First not April day, Fools, but not April summer. second favorite holiday. We'll yes, first summer, day of summer. First today. day of summer. I'm so excited. Yeah. Fifteen hours of daylight. <laughs> I know. It's about to go I just down. love summer. Yeah. So, what do you have on your bucket list? Oh, um, I have a few things on my list this year. Um, I definitely want to go up to the UP. I've never been up there. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never been to the UP, so I'd like to go. Okay, I'd like to go up there and. Um, I want to do something like adventurous this summer. I either want to go skydiving or like, really, yeah, or like drive a race car or something fun. Wow! Yeah. And I think Olivia and John Paul and I are going to do a sips trip. So, oh, that's yeah, cool. So that'll be fun. Oh, how the fun! Three of us. Well, Olivia already went skydiving. I know she did. So she went she, last year. You could year. probably go with her. You want yeah. to jump? Although she, I've jumped six times. Seriously, I'm <laughs> afraid that I like. You know, pee my pants or something. Well, no, listen. First step is the scariest, and the free fall is the best. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm, I'm stepping out everything just thinking is the scariest, it, isn't it? But, it? yeah, that's on my that's No, on my but you know list. what I was thinking was don't go with Olivia. She'll push me out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Make sure that your parachute's not working. Uh, oh, oh, John Paul's listening to the show. Hi, John Paul. Oh. He just said, I want to go skydiving. All right. All right, John, John Paul, Paul. You can come too. Yes. Thanks for listening, <laughs> John Paul. Uh, okay, boy, I do have to tell you something about bucket lists, which I thought was really cool. So yeah. I read this article. It's a guy named David Tassetto who owns two assisted living homes in upstate New York. And now assisted living homes. So his yeah. residents are range anywhere from, you know, the mid-70s to, you know, 100 years old. Yeah. And 
he is now having his residents do a bucket list. Oh, wow. Yeah. How cool is that? It's really cool, especially because they're really just taking on, you know, really wanting to do it. And so um, there was a 92-year-old woman who signed up for college. Oh, that's so cool. She never went to college, and it's one of those things she wanted to do. She's 92. And so she just signed up at a community college. And there's another woman who's 97 years old and wants to fly a single-engine plane. Wow. Yeah, so she um, got signed up for flying lessons. That is so cool. I, well, I, what I think is really cool is this guy that yeah. he would think of this. And he he said that the reason he did it was because he wants them to keep dreaming and to have yeah. hope and not to just sit there and wait to die. That's amazing. And so what's happening is they're getting real excited, and he's helping organize all these um, adventures that they want to wow. do. And they don't get charged extra for it. They have to pay for the Like if yeah. they go to college, they have to pay for the college. Yeah. But this is he now helps up. Yeah, he wow, helps set so it cool. up. So that's and what we'll send you. <laughs> actually, I'd like to go right now. <laughs> Thank you, Rocky. Totally I'll remember that. Anyway, um, no, but you know what? I thought it was really cool because what he said was, and what a smart business guy is that, Okay, so the residents are happy, and now his employees are really happy. I mean, yeah. he totally did something. Well, that's incredible, too. To I mean, especially, like, those assisted livings. It's like... You hear so I, many bad yeah, things. You hear so you know? many horror stories about it. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so seriously, cool I would go to that one. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't I'm mind not, checking don't in worry. early. No, I'm not kidding. You're stuck with me forever. I'm going to be calling... Yeah. Pick up your laundry. Yeah, right. <laughs> At some point, yeah. the roles will be dramatically reversed in our household. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll it see. Means nothing I'm curious. <laughs> um, anyway, so happy summer day. <laughs> happy first day of summer. Well, um, this is also another interesting day today, mm-hmm. and it fits perfectly with with our bucket list and uh, with our musician to, in the house today. It's World Music Day. I heard that. So I thought that was pretty That ironic. is so cool. I wonder what that means. Like, what is world music? Like, everybody in the world celebrates music today? Or I what is it? Just it's acknowledging probably, world music? I think it's probably just an acknowledgement. And, oh, you know, I wish so every many. day was World Music Day, don't you? <laughs> well, it is for me. but <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it's for our guests, too. Yeah, I think so. So let's get on with it. And let's find out about his bucket list because I seems to be living living out his bucket list. Yeah, we're going to change those chains <laughs> to uh, electric guitar today. I think. <laughs> anyway, it's time for our favorite segment. What's the wish? This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Our guest today lives by his motto, I'm living proof, always follow your dreams. They're closer than they appear. Kevin B. Klein, also known as KBK, is living proof that you can make your dreams a reality. This Nashville recording artist has a contagious enthusiasm for music that resonates with many. He is an advocate for inspiring others to pursue their dreams and has a passion for giving back. When you combine his incredible pipes with the lyrics that are sure to draw you in, you get some good rock and roll. A, a serious musician, he understands the business end of his craft. He has been endorsed by several different companies, including the most recent, Fireball Whiskey. Welcome to the show, KBK. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. And he brought with them. I got Mick Bez. Hello. Hi, Mick. You're, and you're the guitarist for the Michigan. 
group. Mick right? is Mick is actually my my Michigan guitar player, but he travels with me all over the United States. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. Um, yeah, it's been a, a great relationship with him and I because I needed an, an accompanying guitar player for Michigan because I've got a band in Nashville also. Right. Yeah. So Mick fit in so well and we've been working together writing some new songs and stuff like that so, so do you do you play are you part of the nashville band as well he is now oh he is yeah, now. Yeah. now he, he didn't is. know it just two minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> you just got promoted yeah, I just got hired yeah. Yeah, you just got hired and then we also have his lovely wife nikki in the house who is behind the scenes over there so i don't know if Hello. there you go here you go <laughs> and jt is joining us today so welcome everyone um so kevin i want to start off with um the quote that Rocky just read uh, because I thought it was really this really grabbed my attention um, when you said I'm living proof always follow your dreams they are closer than they appear and what caught my attention with this is that so many people give up on their dreams and they are closer like they don't realize that if you just keep going a little bit longer and you get around that corner that's where your dreams are so take us back to when you came up with this see like in my theory, you know, of living, I think that, um, you know, when you chase your dreams, your dreams are very, very difficult mm-hmm. to, to, to grasp. They're right. really – they're hard to grasp mentally and physically because if you would have told me 20 years ago, I would be sitting here right now talking about my music, I would think, you got to be kidding me. This, it's amazing. And to have the album I have out right now. Now, I think that when people go to chase their dreams – you, first off, you have to have a realistic dream, something that you can, you know what I mean, no matter what you do in life, I don't care if you're a musician or what you are, make it realistic. Make it something that you can achieve. But the thing is, it takes a lot of hard work and anybody can do anything. We are blessed with all kind of gifts when we're born. Everybody's good at something, you know. Well, but was there something in your life that um, made you realize that though or how did you – well, because you were saying, you know, 20 years ago, you would have never thought you were going to be sitting here talking about your music. And here you are not just talking about music, but you're, you know, you've got so much going on all over the place. See, life got in the way for me. And um, I was like brought up to where my parents would tell me, you know, you have to have a job and you got to work nine to five and do this and that. And I never really believed that. I thought, you know, there's rich people out in the world that cruise on yachts and they do this, that, and the other thing. And some of them are rock stars. You know what I mean? Right. And I thought, well, if they can do it, why can't I do it? Now, that was always in my head my whole life. And I thought, you know, and we were always taught, you be anything you can be. You know, you be the best you can be. You can be anything you want in this world. Yeah. You know, and I really do believe it. I think you can. And um, it's funny because we're taught that, but yet at the same time, everybody's saying, but you have to go to college or you have to go to school or you have to get a real job. Yeah. Cause... And for me, it was a little bit different because, um, you know, and I, I tell a lot of people this, you know, like musicians are, are born. They're not made. A, like a true musician is somebody that, like I can speak for myself, not for anybody else. I knew that in my life, music had this special um, thing over me, you know, over my soul. And and, um, as I grew up, you know, I wanted to play the guitar and I wanted to be the baddest guitar player out there. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't that great. But I started singing in like in a band that I was in like years and years ago. And my buddies were like, dude, trash the guitar. Like, I don't even sing, you know? (laughs) And it was really funny. And I always had an acoustic guitar, too, because I always wanted to write music, you know? Yeah. And I didn't know how bad I wanted to write music. And I did. I wrote stuff. And I just wrote it because it made me feel good. Other people heard it. And they said, dude, you have a gift. And I didn't see it. 
Yeah. And I thought, I'm just doing what I like to do. Because you're focused on the guitar, probably. Yeah, Getting good just, at that that you didn't was making me feel realize. good. Yeah. It was just one of those things that were, it was like, yeah, I, I would see like Bon Jovi on TV and all these great artists and stuff like that, Earl Smith and all these guys. And I thought, God, I would love to be them, you know? Yeah. What really got me into music is after I started going to concerts and I thought, I want to be on stage. I want to do that. How come I can't do that? Which There's, concert did that to you first, do you think? Like, what, which concert? Do you remember it when you were going? The when you biggest went? and the yeah. baddest. It was Bon Jovi, and it was Slippery When Wet. And I mm. went to that concert, and it was incredible. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. And it was it was like the biggest production I've ever seen. And like for rock music, Bon Jovi is a huge icon in the first place. Yeah. But it was the way his music was. I watched the people in the crowd. I wasn't just looking at him. I was yeah. looking at everybody's face. Yeah. And they were looking at him like he was a god, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, I wish that was me. Yeah. And I don't care if there's 10 billion people in here. How, you know? how old were you? Oh, God, I don't even remember. I had to have been in my teens. And that so. made that kind of impact on wow. you. It really did. And um, Were you taking lessons or at that time? or I was taking guitar lessons, but I was singing, and I never took any singing lessons. Um, I tried to do that once. And um, I had a teacher that my range is so, like, outrageous that people would give up on me because they were like, well, I can't sing like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was weird. And yeah. that's when I knew – Sometimes my voice was a curse because, like, I'd answer the phone, like, as a kid, and people think I was a girl on the phone, and they still do. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's hilarious. But the thing is that you got to take the good at the bad, and that's right. part of the dream. It's it's about that whole ball of wax because people give up so easy. Yeah. And they think, oh, this is too hard, or things aren't going my way. Of course they don't. Right. Things don't ever go your way. you got to right. make it happen. Exactly. It's like pushing through it, you know? It's yep. like walking up a hill that's full of gravel. I mean, you're going to slip and fall down tons of times, but guess what? If you keep working hard enough, you're going to Make it to the top, right? And that's why life life is like that with anything, I believe. You know, and so when did when did the music when did it sort of take off for you? Um, I know you have a band in Michigan, correct? And you yes. have one in Nashville. I'm, yes. cut, I'm cutting in. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack just a second. Oh, okay. So when did you when did you start playing? So you played guitar first, and then you decided to sing. When did you first like pick up a guitar? Like was that prior to the Bon Jovi experience? Oh, that was that was way before that. And um yeah, and the first guitar that I ever picked up was an electric guitar and I always wanted an acoustic guitar. And you know, I, I took lessons and I was okay. You know, I mean, I was like just a kid, you know. Were I was, your parents I was, supportive of that? They were pretty much, yeah. My my mom and dad wanted me to take lessons and stuff and yeah. you know and I didn't crank anything up until I was yeah. halfway decent. And then when I started cranking it, then they got a little bit ticked <laughs> off, but Yeah, and it was like it was just really cool and um it's it's part of growing up as a musician, and then I, I realized that man, I could sing, and it was like I, it's something yeah, I could you can feel, sing. not just hear it, but I could feel it. Yeah. It was different. It when when I sing and I'm like in the zone. Yeah, it takes me someplace that's incredible. And um, I had a photographer on Mick and I were just at this. Um, it was the Guinness Book of World Records longest concert. We were involved in it in Detroit. It was oh, at cool. the um, Eastern Market. Oh yeah, yeah we heard, heard about, about that. that. Now a photographer walked up to me. He said. You know what? He goes, when you're in a zone, we're all in the zone with you because he goes, that's how magical it is. Wow. You know, and I thought that was a really cool thing for somebody to say. That's just, a major compliment. Yeah, it really was. So it was cool. really neat. And um, yeah, and it's like people got to realize, I mean, when, when you are chasing your dreams, you're chasing them. Yeah. They don't fall in your lap. You're chasing them. Right. And they're right in front of you. All you got to do is reach out and grasp them. Right. It's all you got to do, you know, and and. By saying all you got to do, I mean, it takes a lot of work, but it's not that right. difficult. Because, But how do you stay optimistic? Because, you know, oftentimes when people are going after their dreams, I always say like the very beginning when you first go get into anything, whether it's 
you're opening a business or or your first concert, your first show, whatever. Um, that's always exciting. It's always fun. There's, you know, and you think you're doing great and things are moving along. And then all of a sudden, it, it just sort of like stops, you know, or or it dips. And how do you keep it going? How do you get past that? Well, in my opinion, you don't let it dip because you're always indulging and in trying to find the next best thing to do. Don't ever step backwards, step forward. Even if you got to stand still for a minute, but keep stepping forward, like doing radio interviews like we're doing today or writing a new song. If I come up with a new song and I think it's really cool, it really inspires me and I don't care what's happening in the world. I don't care if I'm the brokest guy in the world or if somebody's telling me how stupid I am because I'm a musician and I'm not going to make any money doing it or whatever. I've seen all that already and you got to expect it in the beginning. When, right. when you start your own business, I don't care what you're doing. Everybody thinks you're a moron. Yeah. And they think you're crazy. There ain't no right. way. You're the smartest guy in the world because you're the guy that's living his dream. You're the guy that's – you know it makes you happy. Even if you fail, you're happy. Now, for me – I've got um, – I got my first album out that I recorded in Nashville and stuff like that. And um, before that, I had a demo CD. When I got my demo CD, I was the happiest guy in the world. It ain't – it's nothing like my CD I recorded in Nashville, but yeah. it made me happy. Right. For, it was a stepping stone. That it was really, the first one. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, this is really cool. I listen to it now and I'm like, wow, it takes me back to where I was back then till now. And I've like matured as an, as an artist like yeah. immensely. Yeah. And, and I look at life like a little kid does. I look at life through the eyes of a little kid because you have to. If you take everything serious, you're you're in trouble. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Right there, what you just said that you look because the problem with anybody pursuing a dream, like I said, either business or music, whatever it is, is that we forget that creative part. You exactly. Know? We forget to look at it through the eyes of a of a child. You know, and you you are always analyzing and looking at it from, you know, uh, a logical point of view and not, and you lose that creativity and you have to have that creativity because it's not just about looking things, looking at things from a logical point of view. You have to ignite new ideas and keep that fire going. And the only way you're going to do that is by keeping that creativity alive. So that's brilliant. You know, and another thing too, is like being a musician and I can speak for myself too. And like, you know, like my mom, when she would say to me, she goes, oh, you love the attention stuff. And I told my mom this. And this is something I go, wow, it's really weird that my mom would say that because I said, then you don't really know me because I said, I want my music to get all the attention. You know, I'm not um, all about all my looks and everything like that. I like yeah. to look the part when I go out and I play. Yeah. I want people to know who I am. Right. It, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I know who I am. Right. You know, and the thing is that. It's exciting for me to ha to watch somebody listen to my music and really get into it. Yeah. That's more than for them to say, wow, dude, I like your, your belts or your boots or yeah. whatever. That's the smallest. That's nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, what do you hope your music does for people? I mean, what is the purpose of your of the type of music you write? When I write music, I try to write inspirational rock music. And, you know, not like to get all mushy or anything about the inspiration stuff and that, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. If somebody listens to my music – I want my music to make great things happen. I don't care what you're doing because music does that for me. And yeah. there's a lot of rock bands in the past that, you know, I'd listen to music and it like would inspire me, like listening to the Scorpions or something. I'm working on something and this cool rock song comes on and I was like, yeah, this is great, you know. So so going back to after your lessons and as you got older, when did you put together the band? Let's start off with Michigan. Well, you know what? When, well, when I was younger, I used to play in bars like the Ritz and Roseville. It used to oh, be on okay, grass yeah. shit over there. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really cool because that's when I found out that I could really sing because there was – that was the first time I ever got in front 
of a crowd of people. Yeah. And when I started playing and I seen everybody looking at me and I'm like, this is fantastic. They're not walking away. Yeah. And they're, you know, that's always a good thing. And doing all that. <laughs> yeah, and it was really cool. And it was like back in the 80s when music was really super hot and I was playing cover yeah. tunes and that. Mm-hmm. And back then it was fun. I didn't have any originals. Um, life got in the way for a while. And when I was 40 years old, that's when I was working my butt off. You know, I was a contractor and I was working so hard. I was getting, I was wearing my truck out. I was wearing my body out. And my wife goes, why don't you like do something that makes you happy? She goes, you can write music so good. Why don't you write an album? And I thought she was kidding. And I'm like. Wow, really? Yeah. And um, I thought about it for a minute. Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you we know, need and I, to show Nikki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's really funny because at that point in time, I just had my acoustic guitar and it was like, I, I was going out and it was almost like. Like God talking to me because I'd go out and I'd go to the lake and I'd sit on the dock and I'd play. And all of a sudden, people would appear in boats from nowhere. And they'd sit there and they're like, hey, play this, play that, you know? Yeah. And I was like, wow, this oh, is really cool. crazy. And I'm like, it was like, no matter where I went, I started getting attention. And I was like, you know what? I was like, maybe Nikki has, has something here. So I decided on writing my, starting off my album. And um, my title track was not even anywhere in my mind when I started writing this album. My first album was, um, the first song I wrote was called Girl Like You, and it's the first song on my Good Day to Be Alive album. That's like the first rock song I ever wrote, and it was so cool. That really inspired me because I thought, I can write something that cool. I'm like, are you kidding me? You wow. know, and it was – yeah, and it just – everything, it snowballed. It was like yeah. a huge snowball effect because I was so positive. I loved doing it. Um, I suffered a lot because I didn't have money. I wasn't making money now, Yeah, and I'm like, God, I got to make some cash doing this one way or another. Thank God yes. my wife's got a good job and, you know, she kept the household supported and everything. And she believes in me yeah. because I believe in me. Yeah. You know, and she sees it. Wow. Wow. wow that's nice to be able to have that kind yes, of support. that is incredible. And, and anybody, you know, anybody can do it too because, you know, all you have to do is sacrifice. That's, and, that's a big And a lot of people word, don't want to do that. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. A lot of people think that they can keep everything going and you really can't. I've seen You're a lot of stuff. You're going to have to give up. Exactly. And we've give up, we have given up a lot of stuff, but in return, things are coming tenfold in, in other directions. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is really cool. I put myself out there for the world and I got um, an endorsement from Electra Voice. Yeah, I would have never thought that. Well, let's talk about your endorsements because um, you seem to have quite a few endorsements and, and that's an avenue that a lot of musicians should be considering. Exactly. And how do you – tell us about it. How did that happen? Well – um, I guess like um, I I got like uh, I guess good smarts when it comes to um, succeeding in this music industry. For some reason, I always blame it on God. I'm like He's giving me some some good information, you know. <laughs> and um, it's it's funny because I always think that people aren't going to give you anything for free. Nothing in this world is free. Right. So if I was going to go out and get an endorsement, how would I do that? What can I offer them? I have to write some of. The best music that's out there right now, I got to give them a reason. Is it my voice? Is it my guitar playing? Or what is it? You got to give them a reason why they want you to stand in front of their billboard. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that's that's really right. what – that's how you got to look at it. Number one, you have to have great music. Or you got to work for or play for somebody that's a really great artist. Learn your craft. Learn it well. You know, I don't care if you're playing guitar, drums, bass, keyboards, whatever it is. And um, to get those endorsements – 
the, the companies want to look at you and think, what can you do for us? Not what we can do for you. That's the way you got to look at it first off. Yeah. And the thing is they can right. use me as much as they want. You think I don't want my face on a poster? Right. You know, it's like I don't think I'm the best looking guy in the world. I mean, I'm not bad. But, uh, you know, and it's Nick, like – what do you think there? <laughs> Nick's like, it's all right. <laughs> but, you know, and it's, that's what it's about. It's about succeeding and stuff. And, yeah. and, and the companies see that in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which Is, is really that how cool. you pitched it though? Is that how you pitched it? You pitched it as a partnership? This is what I can do for that's you? That's what I – I did. And what I laid on the table was my album, Good Day to Be Alive. That album is heavy. And it really, it, it carried me mm-hmm. is what it did. So you didn't, it, it was cold calling pretty much when you. I cold call everybody. Really? Yeah. And Evie was, the, Evie was the first one that I got. And um, my lifelong dream as a kid was to be an Electro Voice artist, believe it or not. I always, because when I was a kid, I those were speakers I bought. And I thought, oh my God, could you imagine if like I was this rock star and they would, um, wow. they'd like give me free speakers and stuff like that. It would be <laughs> so cool, you know? And guess what? That's where I'm at now. And um, they supply me with all my microphones and stuff like that. And it's really, really super great. And um, How many times did you have to go to them before they agreed? I went to them one time and I dropped them my album and they were they called me back within a half hour and they said, Oh yeah, we want you. They said what Really? They, yeah, they actually came back and they said, What you know, what can we do for you? And I couldn't believe it. Wow. Yeah. How cool. That's incredible. So let's get to because we're gonna have you play a song in just a minute, but how did you and Mick Get together. Well, like Mick and I, um, we met after my Good Day to Be Alive album was out because um, my uh, other guitar player is Dave Baker. He plays for Kelly Pickler. In Nashville. Yeah, in Nashville. Okay. And um, The Kelly Pickler. Yeah. From American Idol. The Kelly Pickler. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing is that my guys in Nashville, for me to get them to Michigan, I got to book shows where I'm making some cash. Because I'd have to fly Dave in or unless he drove. And then um, I would have to put him up in a hotel. Right, right. And – if if he's not with me, he's making money somewhere else in Nashville because he plays right. all over Nashville too. Right, fantastic guitar player. I mean, like he is, in my opinion, a guitar god. Yeah. And I found the best guy when I went down to Nashville. I'll tell you, how I met Dave first. I went down to Nashville and I was looking to um, cut an album, and I thought there's only one way I'm going to make it in this music industry if I go to Nashville. That's the place to be. I have to do that, you know? Now, did you know anybody or? I didn't know just, anybody. So you just up and went? I went there and I went with my demo CD mm-hmm. and I passed them out to everybody. And when I passed it out to Dave, um, I wa- was watching him play and I, I was talking to Nikki and I go, well, we walked in and Dave's seen me and he goes, I know that guy's somebody, you know? And I sat down and I'm watching him and I'm like, he goes, you didn't take your eyes off my guitar for five seconds. He goes, you didn't even look at my face. Now, wait, was he, when you walked into, he was playing at a venue in he Nashville. Was, was he playing for Kelly? Pick, or did you know playing, who he yeah, was? I didn't know who he was. Okay. He was playing for Kelly at the time and he was playing in, a, on, in this bar called Whiskey Bent Saloon, which is on Broadway oh, yeah. uh-huh. in Nashville. Okay. Yep. So I walk in there, Dave sees me and you know, I walk past him and he's like, well, who the heck's that guy? You know, he's yeah. somebody, you know? Yeah. And you know, everybody you do never, have that rock star look. Yeah, you, you don't look like an accountant yeah. or, or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had the money of an accountant. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was really cool. So I sat down and watching Dave playing and stuff like that. And on the way out, I handed him a CD, and I was really funny because I prayed to God. I go, God, I wish this guy was my guitar player. The guy calls me back like a couple days later on the phone and goes, "Hey, man," he goes. You, "You gave me a CD in Nashville," and he was like, "It's incredible. You know, we come down here and record." And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> and um, I, were, we, were you already back in Michigan? I was back in Michigan. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was wow. like after we got back. It was like a couple of days after we got back from our trip. He called me, and I'm like, "That's a Dave Baker guy." 
I'm like, oh my god, you know, I couldn't believe it, right? Well, so then I start looking Dave up, you know, and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, holy smokes, you know, and I'm like this is Where'd really cool. Where did you get that confidence from to hand somebody your CD, somebody like that who's playing for Kelly Pickler? Like, because I, I really, I believe in myself. I believe in my songs. It's, it's the music. It's the power of music. It did really you is. think he was going to call you? I had no idea, but I was like hoping he would. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah, I had no clue that he was ever going to call me in a million years. And he but, called you right away. Yeah, and what I was doing too is I was in Nashville looking for um, a recording studio where I could record it, and I was yeah. going to try to like farm in some musicians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, when I met Dave, it was like incredible. It was absolutely incredible. So then we got the ball rolling. I record my my album. He pulls in Cameron Roberts, who played for Blues Traveler. That was the. Um, Blues Traveler basis for many many years. Wow. Okay, wow. so he was. He, and these guys are like all my really really great friends. Um, and one thing I got to say about Cameron that it was really great working for him. My album was like probably the last album he worked on because he was on tour last year. He had a massive heart attack and died on the road. Oh, yes. Wow. And um, but he played on my material and, and we spoke about my album after because I gave him my my CD after mm-hmm. Mick and I went down to Nashville and we were hanging out. And um, I go, Cameron, do you have my CD? And he goes, he goes, no, Dave never gave it to me. And I'm like, what? So I gave him my CD. Cameron listened to it. And then that evening came back and he had like, he was like really emotional. He goes, thank you so much for letting me play on this. He goes, it was, it's incredible, you know? Wow. And I thought it was really cool. So he's like, his music will always yeah. be with me always. You know what I mean? Right. Which is really cool. But um, anyways, so I get back to Michigan and that. And um, I also have in my band Leland Grant. He was one of the Disney kids. He was on The Voice. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, Leland's really cool. He does my backups, plays my acoustic on my Good Day to Be Alive album. Here or in Nashville? He lives in Nashville. He's yeah, a, he's in Nashville. So all these people came out of because you handed your you were handing Dave your CD got me out. the best group of people to pull together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as my uh, – official band that whenever I played anywhere, I'd use these guys. Mm-hmm. And I do. So a lot of times I'll use some of Kelly Pickler's guys too because I do. And, uh, which do you is know what, Kelly Pickler? Yeah, she's awesome. Really? Yeah, she's, she's oh, really, cool. really friendly. Can we get her on the show next time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring her with. No, but see, this is what's interesting is, is that whole thing that you went down there, you were very confident, and you handed out your CD. And it's that whole connecting the dots. It really You was. don't know who, whose hands it's going to get into. And before you know it, You've got a, a top-notch band in Nashville. Exactly. So then what happened? So then I come back to Michigan, and I'm like, without guitar player, without drummer, without everybody. And I'm thinking, and those guys told me, they said, go back to Michigan. They said, pull together a band that you can, you know, just mm-hmm. do some local stuff with. And I'm like, well, I don't want to play local stuff. I want to play in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, and it's like, but it's really cool because that was my my thought process where I was at at that point in time. Now it's different. I like doing showcases because I have original music. So then, um, you know, I'm like, like I'm going to tell you again. I was praying to God, and I'm like, man, I need to find an accompanying guitar player. I need to find somebody that's going to love my music, that's going to do anything. I mean, I mean, anything that it takes just to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And then um, I go to Kroger's one day, and you know, I'm trying to watch my weight, and because uh, I found out I was gluten intolerant, and you know, so I'm in the meat aisle. And um, I see Mick and I go, hey, I, I never – I seen him at Kroger before but I never talked to him and I said – Did you know he was a guitarist? No. Oh. So I knew he was the sausage guy. So I picked up the sausage. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I ask him. I say, hey, man. I go, uh, is this, this sausage gluten-free? And he looks at me like I'm retarded or something. He goes, why, he goes, why would you ask That's me that? Awesome. He goes, everybody asked me this. And, he, and I go, because, man, I said uh, – I go, I'm a, a Nashville recording artist. And he stopped me right there and he goes, what? What? I'm a guitar player, man. And I'm thinking, yeah, right, kid. 
know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like really funny. So were you saying that to him? Like, I know nothing about sausage. Did I play guitar? Like, don't. Pretty much just kind of letting him know, you know, because yeah. right when he started speaking, I kind of knew like this guy, he's something serious, you know. Oh, really? So it just clicked in my head. It's like, dude, I play guitar and I got an open mic coming up this Friday, you know, if you want to come check me out. So seriously, yeah. Yeah. He did. I love this. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah that was amazing. And you know, what was really funny. And I was like, I, trust me, I've got super strong faith. And I go, that's a sign from God because he's so little. He's smaller than me. OK. And I'm thinking. God would do that so that I would pay attention. And when I went to go see this kid play, it was incredible. And he, and he even showed off in front of me. And, and I loved it because he probably ticked off everybody that was in this like listening room type really quiet place. He turns his guitar like up to 10 and he just starts wailing, you know. And I'm thinking. So did you, so you went and saw him that Friday then? Yeah, I went and right I seen away. him and I was like, wow, he's really gutsy. And I'm like, he's cool. I'm like, he needs a lot of work, but he's really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like he did. I needed a lot of work when I started off. And it's like – and yeah. I, I still do. And um, it was like really funny. So we ended up getting together and um, I, I toughed it out with him and he toughed it out with me because I was criticizing him to death. But I was doing it to help him, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it was kind of like we were we were forging a relationship and forging this music. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really great. And how long have you guys been working together now? For like two and a half years. Yeah. Two and a half years and it's going pretty good and you, you're now part of the Nashville – group as well yep exactly wow so but do you so do you participate in the songwriting or not really mick does oh he does he does he's like what i'll do is um i'll come up with a melody and and the lyrics and stuff like that or i'll come up with a really cool melody and he he drops in and he uses his his expertise as being a soloist and he just gives me some of the best feeling in my songs and it worked out really cool because i never thought that I never thought Mick would come that far with me. Mm-hmm. I thought he would just be like an accompanying guitar player. Yeah. No. This kid went above and beyond. And it's like the solos in my songs, in my new material that's coming out, yeah. going to be really interesting because it's just everything is so like heartfelt. You oh, know what I mean? Awesome. Even like the really, the really powerful, cool rock songs, when you feel them, you feel them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're, you're, you can feel the passion. Yeah, the energy. The, the energy. I'm sure it's got to be coming through the mic because <laughs> I've got a couple people texting me right now going, dope. This is <laughs> it's like, well, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, like the stuff that I tell people, and I hope that because what I'm talking to you guys about and stuff, hopefully it inspires somebody or helps somebody else yeah. out to get or at least try to work your way towards where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm at um, a really high level as a musician. I consider myself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I look at all my accomplishments. And, I mean, I get a great track record. Yeah. And the thing is that I want to inspire the other local musicians to do the same thing because you can do it. Right. If you don't make it, try. Well, and you here's, know? here's the other, I think, important note with what you've gone through is you, you did you, – you stepped away from – for a while, you did away for a long yeah, time. Yeah, for a long time. I mean, you you didn't have the confidence in your music at that time. You went and pursued something else. I was else. scared to death when I got yeah. back in it because I was worried that I'm like maybe it might not work. But right. then there was that other little guy on my other shoulder that said it's going to work. And You're well, going to make it work, right? And if I think if, if people can instead of saying maybe it might not work, start thinking what if it does work? Now, what I promised my wife, I said I'm never going to become a bar band. I'm not going to be like a cover bar band stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'll tell you something: there's a lot of great cover bands, bar bands around. Oh, I can't sure. do it. And they there's do. a need for them. There's a need for them. I can't do that. I'm doing something totally different, right? And um, I like writing my own music. I know who I am as an artist, and I mean, 
I mean, if you listen to my songs, I'll be listening to words to them. And um, we're going to listen to one yeah, right now. Well, that and the melodies and stuff like that. I mean, it. I want to have. I, I'm looking for that place that's where my music is going to actually make a difference in this world. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, that's awesome. And it's not about all the vanity. Hey, you know, I like it when somebody sees me and they go, hey, oh, my God, it's KBK. I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. Because I know well, I'm doing course. my social networking. Sure. I know that my music's getting out there. Right. And right. It, it's exciting in that right. I'm, like, really um, um, humble as a musician because, you know, I'm not the best musician out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But my mm-hmm. music, I love it. And I think it's greatest. That's you know? awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we're cool. going to listen to one of your songs right now. And this is live. And it's called The Homeless. Yeah, no. we'll we'll play this the song and then I'll yes. tell you a little bit about yeah, it. I did want to hear about that. All right, cool. Okay, can you give me a little bit more of my headphones? Um, yeah, no, I can hear it now. Okay, good. All right, you ready?
That was that awesome. Was Thank you. Awesome. What a great song. Why is that important to you, Help the Homeless? Well, you know, like, as I said, we travel all over the United States, mm-hmm. and everywhere we go, there's homeless people, mm-hmm. and it's a huge epidemic, you know? And um, I know that words and music is very, very super powerful. And I thought, you know what? God gave me this talent. I need to help somebody off the street. And because we were, um, you know, we see homeless people everywhere and stuff, but we were, one particular time we were at the NAMM show in, um, um, it was actually uh, oh, Los Angeles. Anaheim, yeah. Well, it was Anaheim, California, but we were in uh, Los Angeles at the time. We were walking down the street, and we were um, going to find something to do at night. And um, as we were walking, there's homeless people everywhere. I mean, they were, like, everywhere. And um, I felt really bad for them and stuff. And there was this one lady in particular. She was at the corner, and I was walking by her, and she got up to kind of, like, look at me. And I walked all across the street. I got to the corner. I turned my head, and I looked. And she looked at me like – she had to look at her face like, please help me. You know, she's mm-hmm. like pushing up. She's laying on the ground, like pushing herself up. And it touched my heart because, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, wow, I don't have five cents I can give this lady. I got no mm-hmm. money. Our trip was like so tight and everything like mm-hmm. that. But like even if I were to give her a few bucks, it wouldn't help her. Yeah. She needs like real help. Mm-hmm. And um, so then we go back home and stuff and we had our next trip. We went to Chicago and it was the same thing. And when we were – when I seen this, ho- this homeless lady – in California, I thought, I got to do something to help these people. So we went to go to Chicago, and I'm like, oh, my God. I was like on, like, homeless people overload. It oh, wow. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were people under these bridges. I mean, like, I mean, mm-hmm. like tens of them. There's like 10, 20, 30 people. people. Yeah. And um, so I came up with this little riff. I'm sitting in a hotel room, and I'm like. <laughs> and I'm just, like, sitting here, and I'm like, it kind of sounds cowboyish or something and that. And I'm like, it's kind of cool, you know. And um, I came up with that, and I thought once when I started working, I got back home, started working a little bit more, introduced the song to Mick a little bit more, and um, it fell together. And I thought it's so cool. It is a cool song. I thought it's cool enough that it could make things happen for me. Yeah. And, um, Mick and I ended up performing this for our veterans up on Iron Mountain. Um, it would have been last year. Yeah. And we also performed it on Nine and Ten News, which covers forty six counties in Michigan. We we wow. played that. Like, I got a morning voice now. I really had a morning voice because we performed it at 7 o'clock in the morning. We were at the American Legion Hall at wow. 7, or I mean at 5. So I didn't sleep all night. He didn't sleep all night. We were up. It was a total full all-nighter. And they're like, okay, you want to play in like seven minutes? And I'm <laughs> sure. thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, wow. I, I was slamming down some Mountain Dew. And so are you hoping really to bring awareness to, so what to I, homeless? Yeah, what I want to do is I kind of like, you know, like I said, I, I believe that words are really powerful. And people can see what, what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do. Maybe it'll inspire people um, to help each other a little bit mm-hmm. more than what they are because we, these people really need a lot of help. But what I want to do on my own is if I can generate enough revenue through concerts, CD sales, or whatever to get at least one person off the street because of that song, that would be the greatest gift in my life that I could ever give to humanity. And it's like, I want to do it because it's, it's, like I said, music is powerful and you can do it. If Justin Bieber can make hundreds of millions of dollars and all these other people, you know, on the radio doing what they do, and half of them are taking their clothes off because they they just... Don't have the chops. You know what I right, mean? I don't right. have to do that. Thank right. God. Right. You know? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and it's like, but you know what? It's wow. about writing great music. Yeah. And if, if I can get that song and I can, and this is one of the songs I'm recording on my next album. So if I can get that song on a pedestal, like I've already got on the news, which yeah. is really great. Right. That right. was huge. Right. Because that wasn't like, like say you play in Detroit and you get on Detroit news. It's only de- the Detroit area. Right. This went all the way from Grand Rapids all the way into the UP. It oh, covers wow. a huge listening wow. uh, audience. Yeah. Which is great. Not to like cut Detroit down, but I mean, that's all. Yeah. The, our state of Michigan is huge. Right. And um, so I figured, hey, you know, that really helps. And um, I a lot of people share my stuff. Mm-hmm. And they everybody loves that song. I played that song with Mick on the Bob in Traverse City. Yeah. So so this song is not released yet. The song isn't released yet. And okay. um, normally I wouldn't like push my originals like like my, my stuff that's not released yet. I don't try to push them too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Since I got my album, A Good Day to Be Alive, I figure if somebody likes some of my new stuff, it's going to – it's gonna have them buy, you know. It's gonna it'll, it'll right. pull them to my my um, old album, right? My Good day to be alive album, which ain't old, but well, how old is that one? I mean, what, or it, not how old? When was it released? Um, I got it. I copy. It was copyrighted in 2013, mm-hmm. so it's it's still new. It's fresh yeah. because a lot of people haven't heard right. it yet. You know, but what I you're mean? working on your next one so now. That's this summer is and, um yeah, and I'll have probably ten songs? plus songs on it. Oh. Ten plus. Okay, I've got some really really great material, and I have to decide on what songs I want to um, put on this next album. Mm-hmm. And it's everything's pretty really positive. I mean, it's 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 really cool. Same thing with my Good Day to Be Alive album. It's got a really great positive vibe. It's um. The song- How did you come up with that name? Well, now this is an awesome story. I'll try to make it short. Um, <laughs> I had my demo album out, which had um, – it had uh, – I think it had 10 songs on it. It had nine or 10 songs on it. And um, Dave Baker, when he seen my – he listened to my uh, CD and he was like – he goes, um, what are you planning on recording like when you come to record on your next album? And I said, well – I said, the majority of these songs and stuff. He goes, what I want you to do is take two of them off and replace them with two other songs. And I'm like, well, cool. I already had one in mind, so – I brought three songs to the table. One of them was Black and Blue, which is the last song on my album. And it's called Black and Blue because black is negativity and blue is sadness. I just don't have that in my life. I don't let it in. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that, you know, we all get bummed out here and there and stuff like that. But I don't let it, like, rule my life. I just don't let it have any control. Mm-hmm. Um, so that song came up. Then the next song uh, was um, that I wrote was Good Day to Be Alive. I was watching the news. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Look at all this horrible stuff that's going on in the world. I need to write something that people are going to hear it, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to give them a boost of positivity. And um, it was a good day to be alive. I came up with the title first. I thought, good day to be alive. It's really cool. I came up with uh, the crazy simple riff for the song, and um, I ended up writing that song. And then the third one was Born to be Free. And that was inspired um, – by what's going on in the world and stuff like that. And I believe that, you know, we should always – our freedom is should be a sacred thing and don't let anybody ever take it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought – I didn't want it to end up being like a political song, but some people really take it as a huge political yeah. song. Well, you can't control how people interpret the ex- song. Exactly. And it's yeah. just the way I felt. It's like anything in this world that – has to do with our freedom. Don't ever let anybody steal it. Just, mm-hmm. just don't do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We live in a free country. Let's keep it that way. And that's how that song came up. And the guys dug them. The guys thought the songs were really cool. So I sent, I sent them um, each file, and the guys in Nashville listened to it, and they're like, "Wow, these are great!" You know. So then, when I got down there and I recorded all the stuff, it was just, it was amazing. It turned into this. The demo turned into this polished, great mm-hmm. piece of art. You know. So do you record with? Um Dave Baker? Yeah. Okay, so that's who you record with. Is that your producer? 
Dave Baker's my producer, and Leland oh, okay. Grant is my co-producer, and Leland's one of that was one of the Disney kids. He'll always be a Disney kid, okay. mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and um, when I worked with those guys, it was really cool because I wasn't married to my songs, so if they wanted to like do some adjustments on some yeah. stuff, I let them do it because they know what they're doing, you know. Right. Yeah. So we went down there, and I worked with these guys, and I mean. My album is killer. When I listen to mm-hmm. it, and like it's really funny because I used to think, I wonder if Bon Jovi and like uh, Judas Priest and all those guys listen to their albums. I do because I critique it every time I listen to it, and I love it. And a lot of times I'll think, I can't believe I wrote that. Do you have a favorite? Um, well, I love Good Day to Be Alive. I think it's a really great song. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've had I've had a couple of my songs when on PBS already. I had. Uh, I wrote a song for my mom and dad. It's called Only My Dreams, which that's the last song I'm going right. to play for you guys. Right. That song, we performed it on um, PBS, and it was like the greatest thing in Detroit. I was born in Detroit. I wasn't born in the suburbs. I was born yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. So I consider myself a Detroit rocker. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. At birth. Can we hear Good Day to Be Alive? Uh, no, I think we're, I don't think that's the one he was going to play. Though gonna play he was going to play Long Gone. Yeah, we're going to okay. play Long Gone. That's I, the reason why I wanted to do that song is because like the homeless is going to be on my next album. Um, Long Gone is going to be on my next album. Right. I got to do this song for my super fan. She's in Saskatchewan and she's probably listening right now. Her name's Kim Gerard. She's awesome. Aww. Hi, Kim. <laughs> Kim and her husband uh, Rob. They're awesome, and Hi, they write Rob. me all the time. They send me really cool stuff in the mail. And oh, that. that's cool. Yeah, it's like really, really great. And that's uh. So you're playing this for Kim? Yeah, I'm playing a song for Kim because it's, it's her favorite song uh, until I get uh, my next song that's coming out called On the Road. And uh, we Ooh. did that one recently, too. It's just a really cool song. But she goes, that might be my new favorite. But, <laughs> All right. You know, it's cool. And my fans inspire me and stuff. When somebody says they like my music, you know, I really, really take it to heart because it yeah. ain't like, oh, yeah, you rock, dude. It's right. like it's really cool because this it's is genuine. my passion. Right, right. I mean, it really is. and. And you're playing for others. So. I know not everybody's going to like all my stuff either. And some people say, well, hey, some of your stuff's kind of mushy and some of it, you know, it's, it's all right, you know, whatever. But I like that. It's cool, you know? Yeah, that's all right. I write a little of something for everybody. There you go. All right. So we're going to hear Long Gone. Okay. This song is Long Gone. And um, the reason why I wrote this song, just to let you know, too, it's like really funny. It's kind of like a relationship song. You know, and I was thinking about... Back in the past, you know, I had these girlfriends and stuff like that, and now they're long gone. But, you know, it's, like, it's just, just kind of cool. And it's like – it's a song that is really relatable for everybody. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I write for your, your ears, not mine. Right, You right, know, I mean, I try right. to get things to sound good and stuff like that. But it's like I want to write a song that you are going to go, wow, that's really cool. Right. And this is Kevin B. Klein, K-L-E-I-N. You can go on all his sites and check him out. Long gone. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Mick, I, I swear I thought you were going to start jumping up and down like you were in some big arena there. You look like you just got so into it. Yeah, I do. That was really cool. Um, so what's next for you guys? I know you've got an album you're working on, right, that's going to be released, do you think, this year? Or? It's going to be this summer. We're going to get down there. We're going to work on the, this summer. Um, yeah, it's gonna okay. be, yeah, that's going to be really cool. It's going to be a great how adventure many, again. How many songs do you have done already? There's like close to 20. So I got to oh, pick wow. out of those songs. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to pick the best ones that are out of them and stuff. And they're, I want the album to be very um, full of dynamics. Mm-hmm. I want it to be kind of like how my Good Day to Be Live album is because it starts off fast. Mm-hmm. It's got some slow songs in there, um, some middle of the road rock songs. It's got songs that will totally rip your heart out. Songs that like my song Heaven, for example, I wrote that song. And that's like right in the middle of my album. And the reason why I wrote that song, I wrote it um, for people who are like in need that are like in desperation, people that are giving up on life and, you know, so that they choose the higher road instead of the low road. And um, because we all get to that point in our life. I mean, we were teenagers at one time and it's like you're like, oh, my God, I want to kill myself, you know, and you get like that. But you really don't. You just want the good life. You want the bad life to end, the good life to start. Yeah. And it's like that's what my song Heaven is about. It's really cool. It's like um, in my opinion, I think it's like a stellar song. You know, it's really cool. And it's like now will you do any type of a release party when it's done? Yeah, I'm sure we're going to have a big party for this one. Yeah. Because the first album, I really didn't uh, – we didn't really have like a big party or anything mm-hmm. like that. We had a couple get-togethers and stuff, but it was no big deal. Okay. So we can expect that from you, right? I think so, yeah. And uh, so how can people get um, It's a Good Day to Be Alive album? How they, can they get that? They can find me. Anybody can Google Kevin B. Klein. I'm the only Kevin B. Klein on the internet. I've got a number one Google rating, and oh, it's Kevin, wow. middle initial B, and then K-L-E-I-N. Okay. So And my website's KevinBKlein.com. 
they can find me as Kevin B. Klein on Facebook, Kevin B. Klein on Twitter, Kevin B. Klein on Instagram. I get all my links on my website too. Okay. Um, I'm on CD Baby. My links to all my uh, um, merchandise, my stores on there. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So you can click to the CD Baby link and it takes you to buy um, my CDs. Okay. Um, I've got merchandise too. I get t-shirts. I get koozies and stuff like that. Okay. And if and, people want to book you for y- events or, or gigs or whatever, they can also message you. Exactly. They can they can okay. go to my website. I got my email on there. They okay, can perfect. message me on Facebook. I got my phone number on everything because okay. I make sure that I'm open for the public and stuff. Yeah. I haven't had any uh, weirdos call me yet. So. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Well, well, now that Rocky has your number, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you might be hearing from her. <laughs> if you get a weirdo, it's going to be Rocky. No, I'm only kidding. Um, well, we're, we are going to going to have to wrap up here but um thank, we want to thank all you guys for yeah. uh, for coming out today i mean this has been so much fun i knew it was going to be fun too i'm going to leave you guys with some music too so oh, oh awesome cool. yeah um so kevin b klein and it's k-l-e-i-n his link is up on our page and then um we'll we will repost it again tomorrow when we put up this interview and it'll be up on soundcloud as well and to um, um if i can tell you something really quick sure uh, mick and i just worked on a song and it's called my michigan it's a single i yeah. just put out and it has if you um buy that cd it has Good Day to Be Alive and Born to Be Free on it also. Bonus tracks. Yeah, it's got bonus tracks on it. And the okay. My Michigan song, it is the theme song of Michigan. If, you hear, if you've ever traveled our state or um, if you haven't even lived in our state and you listen to the song, it's going to take you there. Oh, so. we should have played that yeah, today, too. But, uh, <laughs> for a bucket list. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> our theme there song you go. for a bucket list. Um, and so the other thing, too, is if they get on your site, they can see where you're performing because I know you've been performing I've got a all over yep. the place, right? And, uh, yes. You're going back to Nashville when? Uh, we're going back to Nashville in a few weeks. August 21st. Uh, yeah, August 21st. Oh, okay. But we got some really cool stuff happening. We're um, headlining uh, Manistique Folk Festival in Manistique, Michigan, up in our oh, Upper cool. Peninsula. Oh, cool. What's the date on How fun. July 8th. And then we're opening up for Night Ranger in um, Oswego, New York at Harbor Fest. Which oh, is gonna be really wow. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. That's probably going to be the biggest um, event that I've ever played. The yeah. biggest one to date right now is the 2015 National Guard Conference. Mick and I played for 8,000 of our uh, guardsmen and women wow. in Nashville at the wow. Gaylord. That was very special. Really? Yeah. yeah. Was... How did you get that? Because I wrote my song called Born to be Free, and, and the, the person that um, – Actually hired me for the gig, heard it, and was like, "Oh my god, you got to play that for everybody!" Wow, and we got to play for four star generals and everything. It was amazing. Oh, I bet. And when is the New York trip? What? July twenty eighth. Oh, July twenty eighth. Gosh, well, all the best to you guys, and keep us posted with uh, the CD release because we'd like to play it. Have you guys back on when you're ready to do your big uh, CD release party? Yeah, we that'd be have cool. you guys back Definitely. on and. You know, promote it. You guys are fantastic. I love everything you're doing. Yeah. Um, now, we have a couple traditions on our show. Yep, this is my favorite part. <laughs> it's our fortune cookie. So the rule is we toss our cookies, and whatever way the prongs face are is your cookie. It so, means it's your fortune. Okay. And we decided that you have, you have to read the fortune, and we're going to end it with... Uh, what did we decide we were going to end it, this one with? <laughs> this one's yours. In my dreams, we we're going to end it with yeah. "In my dreams." Yeah, only in my dreams, and that's a song that I wrote. I wrote that for my folks and stuff because my uh, my dad had uh, passed away in 1996, and my mom said at night her favorite time of the day was at the night when she could um, go to sleep and dream about my dad because she was like she feels like she's with him, you know, when she's dreaming oh, and stuff, oh, which is really great. And I thought, you know what, as a musician, that's the greatest thing I could do for my folks. Yeah, because they gave the me the gift of life. You yeah. know what? I'm writing them a song and. 
I love that song. It is one of my favorite ones on the album, too. Well, actually, we so should, we're, we're supposed to read it, but uh, they do want to play that song. So yeah. can we let them play the song? I know. Yeah. I know. Right. We got to get going. Maybe right. play well, just a little. Let's of do our it. sip on this, and we'll close the show with one right. last. Well, the song. sip on this were dream teenies today. Okay, let me get not this. martinis. Dream teenies. Okay, one so, there. all right. So then we won't be able to play all of it. Let's just get a little, a little uh, taste of it, because I know Jess has to go record another show. This one should so. be better. If I get my. Mm-hmm. So Kevin B. Klein. <laughs> first chorus. First chorus. Okay, yeah, just we'll just do. See, you tossed your cookies, and I'm losing my. my stuff here. <laughs> That's okay. Losing oh, your marbles. All right, here we go. Yeah, I lost my yeah. marbles. <laughs> we'll just play. We're just like get it started because she's. We're gonna have to end the show. So, um, happy Hump Day, though, everybody. Happy Hump yeah. Day. And remember, sometimes your only available mode of transportation is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith with us. Thanks for having us. No, thank you, you guys. guys so, much so take your fortune cookie with you. Because that was meant for you today, okay? That fortune cookie. So um, we're going to end the show. And thank you, Jess. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. So that's, that's awesome. Kevin B. Klein.